0: This fellow, Ronaldo, is a cod. Arsene Wenger's been in Japan for a year. They don't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Gon Giovanni, yeah, incredible.
1: Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? We will go be!
0: There are many great things about the beautiful game, but really, who among us doesn't thoroughly enjoy a 96-minute touchline fracas?
1: It's the absolute... uh, I was watching that yesterday, and I was like, he went by twice, the assistant manager of uh, Chelsea. He went by Jose Mourinho twice. Whatever his name is. I can't can't pronounce his name. He was at Napoli. He's an experienced assistant manager. He's not a first-time coach. He's not a young fella. He's not someone in the backroom staff going mental like the Man City people or, you know, the 40 or 50 Man City backroom staff that all got paraded on the pitch last season. He's not one of those people. He is an experienced football person, professional, in the field at the highest level. He ran back and forth at home. It was a 95th minute equaliser. It had been coming for a large sway of that second half, especially after Man United took the lead. You know, it was all Chelsea pressure anyway, and then it was even more Chelsea, you know, it's a kind of uh, an eruption of, how would you say, eruption of joy, of fulfilment. Relief, that. even. Yeah, relief for the coach that they they keep their, their unbeaten record intact. They're against a supposed rival. Uh, you know, it's a considering as well that they have a very ideological view of football, that it was very important for them to actually get something from the match, considering, you know, their whole thing is to play football well. And they did that. They didn't give in to... You know, trying to play, go and play Mourinho at his own game. They they went and continued to play their own game to the very end, and they eventually got rewarded for that by getting the equalizer in ninety fifth minute. Now, but it, you know, I'm not saying that his behaviour is excusable. He, he ran in front of the the whole thing and ran, but he went back. It, it wasn't even the first. It was it wasn't even the first pass through that. got Mourinho had time to think about what he was going to do and then decided to overreact and also. Joseph Mourinho should never try and pick a fight with him because he's like four foot tall. He see, was see, dwarfed think... by every other person that was in. South well, Cridge. that's that's what the
0: grey ice Menger image was though a few yeah, years was... ago when Wenger pushed him back in 2013 oh, or 14. Yeah. but it was the I think the fact is like he runs past the first time, but it just looks like the whole Chelsea team have exploded in the direction of the Chelsea players. Yeah, and then he comes back. It's the coming back I think is what actually winds up Mourinho more be, than anything. He has to come back somehow. Yeah, but he comes back in like he looks at Mourinho and gestures towards Mourinho. I don't it's not know if he's that he's looking
1: at Mourinho and, or just in general.
0: Well, no, he, there's he's the just pic... gesturing. There is a picture of him like right yeah, in front he... of Mourinho. Yeah,
1: but because he was right in front of Mourinho, but he was also right in front of twenty thousand other people. Yeah, but
0: he's actually bent down towards uh... Mourinho. So I, I think oh, uh, all don't know, the it's mean... not the worst thing Mourinho's have have to well, happen he has within a the a sister in
1: the eye. Yeah, I suppose that's that's something. Rest in peace, Tito.
0: Didn't actually have uh, cancer at the time, but yeah, breast. It's d- okay, okay. So it's just it's to okay. be somewhat it's fair. Not, to those so, in so it's in okay
1: the if a person doesn't have cancer, so you can gouge them in the eye. I'm not saying
0: he can in that. I'm not saying he was right to do it, but I'm just gonna Something give him you know, some. Like, he's benefit a horrible
1: of person when you actually look at like some of the stuff he's done. Apparently, he's a great laugh behind the scenes. People get on. Romelu Lukaku
0: keeps bringing up, you know, Other every time do. he's under pressure, he's like, oh He's actually like really good fun. Like, yeah, everyone, I, I, like, I can't Bobby, believe
1: that. Bobby Robson used to. Say about him. people at, at Barcelona back in the day. Louis Van Gaal talks about how warm. Well, that was before is.
0: we all knew Mourinho, the manager, as well. So maybe managerial. But like
1: he's doing this stuff in public. Like, you know, we're going. We can go back to the way he used to treat players at Real Madrid, or we can go back further and call calling Arsene Wenger a voyeur because he likes little boys. like what?
0: That's that is that is let real... alone
1: poking a per a person a, a real life person like it's not like he's he's doing it like poking anybody is weird poking an an opposition manager in front of millions of people while one of the biggest matches in football is being played at classico as it was at the time Real Madrid against Barcelona Titans big Titans of the game best players in the world playing against each other. There's a little fracas that breaks up, similar to this, and he goes, Yeah,
0: that match did he, descend into chaos at the yeah, time. Yeah, but
1: th- that's my point: is that if this was a one-off thing, and it was like, okay, maybe, maybe uh, Mourinho lost his cool for a second because he was goaded by the assistant manager of Chelsea. Maybe we can give Mourinho. Away for, but he, he's got priors in it, but the and fact, the fact that- he didn't react the first time, he complete no reaction. No, okay, let's try and let's try and arrest this situation. He was down, and he was like, he wasn't even try- before that goal went in. He wasn't even trying to like not that it always works because he was, he was rap, sitting down in his chair you know the Rafa Benitez thing of like always being animated at those crucial moments always being like you know folk, he's always tapping his eyes saying focus focus and yelling at everyone to keep them alert like Mourinho had given up on the thing as in I've done my bit I'm going to sit back and relax now and not knowing and then he doesn't react when the goal goes in and like fair enough you know some, some people just don't react yeah Carlo
0: Ancelotti known for not reacting either so no, there's is, lots lots yeah. lots
1: in history and it's different people and different times some managers who never react go crazy reacting sometimes
0: yeah than Louis Van Gaal
1: <laughs> <laughs> but like Mourinho knew it was calculated that's what I'm saying it's completely calculated okay the goal has gone in so that was that's I got away with it last week or two weeks ago in Newcastle United and we got away with it last minute. Then, so now I've got a bit of my own medicine. We play very badly, but let's see. We got we got two very good goals against the run of the whole match.
0: Yeah, when the 1st like, just talk about the match as well. Like, the, it's disappointing for Chelsea that they've come out of this with just a draw, even though it's a last minute winner.
1: Yeah, but as we said before coming into this match, is that if you shut down, if you shut down Chelsea's. If you shut down Chelsea's midfield, their attack is left very toothless. But I
0: don't think they might not even shut down the midfield.
1: I think they put enough bodies in there to disrupt Like one
0: was chosen to mark, Jorginho.
1: Yeah, and Jorginho did have a fair... It, it, like, Mourinho really went about it a different way than I foresaw. I foresaw that he he just target Jorginho... The way that he's done Hazard in the past because there was a
0: lot sense. of rotational fouling on Hazard. Like I'm yeah, surprised someone if, wasn't sent but off. But
1: Mourinho took it different. Yeah, that's that's and it did stop in the, the second end. half. No, but Sanchez in the ninety whatever.
0: Yeah, but he had been brought on. So yeah. That, but, yeah, but, yeah they, he basically like, brought on players to foul yeah, Hazard,
1: and it was just unnecessary fouling as well. But the that's the thing is like they, he Mourinho went around a completely different way than what I saw, thought he would do. I thought he would just target Jorginho... And then he'd be the linchpin of the team, and then they'd let everyone else go about their business and let Chelsea be blunt. Instead, he let Jorginho have all the space in the world, but then covered all the space around him. So he can have the ball, and he did get the ball quite a bit. Like other, a, other
0: teams have dozens as well, like West Ham did a They that just isolate now.
1: Jorginho and like, have the ball as much as you want. We're not going to let you give the ball to anyone in any dangerous position. And it worked for a large straight of the time. And by doing that, he also got to do the old rotational fouling on Hazard. Yeah. And then Chelsea kind of beat themselves, defeated themselves in a lot of ways by not, one, not completely seizing the initiative when they took the lead in the first half. Yeah, of the they did goal. kind of
0: slow the game down a lot. Yeah, one it 1-0, like, we have this. I, I, it's yeah, Italian. It, it did kind of seem like it could have obviously backfired and it did. It but did, at yeah. the time, I thought, it was, you know, fair enough. Because oh, my United, my United posed so little threat yeah. on the ball. I was like, hey, if you just slow down, you know, preserve energy. They do have a European game next yep. week. So, you know, it's a long season ahead. But then, just whatever happened with Man United, mana no longer was tied to Jorginho's Was allowed roam free a little bit, and he was one of Man United's better players. Crucial in the second goal, I think it was. Yeah. And then, like, what is Marcus Alonso doing for that first one?
1: Well, I got a feeling as well that yeah, well, that Chelsea defense we've talked about it before. Yeah, thing, they shouldn't function.
0: Like he's lying on the ground for like thirty seconds there, and then as soon as the ball goes in, he jumps right back up. Yeah. Like that's a bad look.
1: Yeah. They, it, it, that event should not function it's it four, really shouldn't For more individuals plus Kepa who is I don't know what Kepa is doing at the moment he's kind of he's no, so, no fault to him but he's, he's not just,
0: been untested or he's not been tested at all
1: really yeah, except for that of, Arsenal match yeah and just picking goals on the net every now and again because like, oh.
0: like the goals of Eric, he is conceding aren't like easily saved like no. you wouldn't look at any single one really no, and just, think oh he should have done better it kind of
1: harks back to the fact that oh we spent 70 million pounds on a goalkeeper it's a £70 million this match. It was about that, yeah. £70 million pounds on a goalkeeper. World record fee. Yeah, it's a world record fee. And like, well, Robert Green, you know, he probably would have done just as good a job as Keppel. No, I'm not even being facetious with this. It's like, a Robert. We've, we've got Robert Green, but we could have signed someone, you know, maybe £65 million pounds cheaper. Yeah. And, you know, there's keepers going around. Jack Butland is uh, there. Joe Hart was Southampton's sold. goalie they signed from uh, Man City.
0: Yeah, well, Angus Gunn. I can't Gunn. even think of his
1: name. Yeah, Angus Gunn. Like he's he's kept Fraser Foster out of the team entirely now, and you know Foster is a decent keeper for that level. Well, at any level, he's a decent keeper. He just has had mistakes in recent years. Yeah, he's just had a different an injury. form last year as well. So yeah, they kept him off a lot of last season. But Angus Gunn was available for nothing. Yeah, you know, and Man City don't have a. They they would have sold to Chelsea. They wouldn't have had an issue. Yeah, they wouldn't have been. And then they could have reinvested that sixty-five million, maybe. Elsewhere in, Yeah Maybe, maybe signing new...
0: Kovacic Instead of If that was no, possible No
1: no no Like they got him So I, I Yeah okay I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll excuse but that even moment, But even replacing Alvaro Morata No but like Yeah A striker Like I know striker's are hard to come by But a, a left back If nothing else To give cover for Marcos Because you know He's great attacking but...
0: Remember Zappacosta Oh god Zappacosta.
1: Is, Is he actually post? still at Chelsea I don't know I more. He hit the post I remember that That was interesting I remember in he time. scored
0: In his debut that,
1: against that, Sunderland
0: before, he, he scored that goal against Carabag. That
1: was oh, a cross. Carabag, yeah. Was it Carabag? was probably Carabag. Some team like Carabag. But like, but anyway, to to go back to it, Chelsea's defense is dysfunctional. They're always open for it It's as if they're very well. They are hugely dependent on a midfield that is now Sari's turned it completely on its head from last season when they were overly dependent on Kante and um, Kante last season for it to be the kind of. This guy's crucial whether we win or lose, type of player. Now he's in the periphery entirely. And they're they're completely relying on this Ger- Jorginho player. They have like Ross Barkley getting a lot of minutes, which you know I was never against Ross Barkley. I think he's he has He's actually done alright from what I've seen of him. He this has season. a propensity to do amazing things at certain moments. Like he did it at Everton. He's like we pull goals out of nowhere. He, like, he
0: had the one of the passes of the match from hmm. that England against Spain match.
1: Yeah. You know, he has he has I don't know, he shouldn't be back in that England squad no like that's a whole other discussion. That's another that's another thing. I don't think he merited getting back into that squad, but then loftus cheek is you know he's even played less and he's there, so it's it's yeah. Ch- Chelsea they're they have structural problems at that club. <laughs> not in the way that Manchester United do in terms of they spent a lot of money in a lot of different positions and they still don't seem to have a you know, a first eleven you can rely upon. They're Chelsea-
0: they're a team that are only half the way there.
1: Yeah. And, like, Sarri was raising the issue. Like, this is what I want to say about the second half when Matcha got a bit more space in that match to do it more. Martial was kind of let free. To, he was not
0: to, actually, you know, wrong yeah. with the
1: ball. Yeah, which was, I think, down to Chelsea's lacklustre defending because uh, Sarri raised before the match that, oh, a lot of our players played a lot of minutes in the international break, and that's a good thing. I don't know if that was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Because they tired. They clearly did tire near the end. The players I think Jurgen Klopp would minutes.
0: disagree with that mentality.
1: Yeah, Exactly. And I think he was just making the best of a bad situation, sorry, and saying that. He was like, yeah, of course I wanted them to play all the minutes that they good played. Good for their confidence. Yeah, like, same as Mourinho Ooh. saying that, you know, Sanchez only came off a of plane in London rather than come back to Manchester and, you know, giving out about Belgium national team, like, getting his excuses in early as he does. Not so he couldn't have Fellaini as a battering ram, you know, from day one, minute one.
0: Yeah, Fellaini was missed in this match. How good <laughs> it would have been? You know who else was actually missed from this match? Robert Huth. Uh, Rui Faria. oh Rui Imagine,
1: Faria. What imagine what the, he would have
0: done at the end of the touchline what, fracas. What
1: was that uh, thing? It's like Rui Faria is crawling through his television yeah. as we speak, <laughs> watching this this uh, fracas happening, this little argument happening between the the different players. I like can imagine a reverse ring situation where he's trying to come in through the pitch like some kind of uh, extraterrestrial. Yeah, it
0: was, I saw the joke as well. I was like, oh, that's Arsene Menger's theme music, and he's got a chair. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that you know, but that's what it is. It turns into pageantry, like not to get away from the football again and back to the fracas at the end. Of the it was
0: just we don't get them that often.
1: Yeah, but it was entirely concocted. Like I can imagine if uh,
0: it if, was it as was it better or worse than when the two German coaches went up to the Swedish bench at the World Cup?
1: No, it's different. Yeah, well, define better or worse because more was, entertaining. <laughs> well, yeah, I definitely think it's more entertaining than that because this was done for entertainment's sake, it was done for distraction's sake. The first question after the, in the post-match, what what was it related to for both managers?
0: Oh, it was about the, the was touchline fracas.
1: Yeah, the touchline... Well, how many times are we going to say fracas? I fracas. just really Those like, like the word fracas. Fracas. <laughs> fracas. Um, yeah, exactly. That was the first question. And Mourinho was like, oh no, they You know, they apologise, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. said, oh yeah, we were in the wrong, and blah, blah, blah. Fair enough, it was resolved fairly quickly for two guys. Oddly amicable. Team. Yeah, because they don't really know each other and stuff like that, so... It's fair enough, and although when, when Sarri and Mourinho went up and Sarri, like, Sarri doesn't come across to me anyway as a tall guy, but he makes Mourinho look small. And he's looking down at his little head, looking up at him at his angry Manchester United, uh, you know, the staff around him, like, why are we pulling this guy back? What, what happened? They don't know what happened. Like, honestly, a lot of them don't know what the, you can tell. Like, this, there's stewards on little walkie-talkies in front of you. can see them photographs saying something's going on. Oh, yeah, the photograph. They think the something's going on in the crowd, been... and that's what's causing everything to go crazy. Actually,
0: I just want to give a little credit to whoever was directing the, the cameras. Yeah. Because the camera switched immediately. It was oh, like, yeah. all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Mourinho my God, something's for, happened. They're
1: on Mourinho 90 minutes, and they'll eventually <laughs> get something like this. But that completely distracted Mourinho then went on to say, oh, we're the better team, control the match for 90 minutes. No, no, they didn't. There was people saying, like, I think you were upset Phil Neville in their, in his analysis. Phil
0: Neville, yeah, his analysis of the match was just in, so poor.
1: Well, what, what a very 10-second summary. See,
0: this was mostly at 1-0, and then I just kind of stopped listening to him. or right. to, I think I might have switched commentary. But uh, he was going on at 1-0 about how Manchester United have set up so tactically brilliantly. And uh, he kept saying, despite the goal, which I feel like if the commentator ever has to say, despite the goal... Unless, of course, it is completely and utterly yeah. against the run play, which it wasn't. You have to say, despite the goal, it kind of completely undermines your point.
1: Yeah, despite the the defeat, yeah, the the, the performance was good, which yeah, it is kind of.
0: Despite the rain, the weather was fantastic. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's you're just discounting one of the most important parts of the whole argument. But yeah, that's that's kind of what he does, and that that can be very frustrating. But as we said earlier on, like Mourinho did set up well. But they did not control that match. That was, as we said, Chelsea had
0: like the. the as we said earlier, the two goals were completely against the run play. Yeah. I was watching. I was like, "Wait, what?"
1: But look at the stats. I was watching the 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 stats. I know stats can be very misleading and blah blah blah. And you know, as we what, just,
0: what was it? Sean Dyche said uh, people fall in love with stats, or we shouldn't be as so in love
1: with stats as yeah. We because are. England beats Spain, but like that was that's a one match. No, but also it was a good performance for me. It wasn't like we we talk about stats when there is one team with the ball, one team without the ball one team trying to play and one team not trying to play that wasn't the England-Spain match at all the England-Spain match was you know it was two different it was two contrasting styles of football but not massively different they both tried to do the same thing it's just one has much better technical players so the other team i.e. England can't hold on to the ball as long as Spanish players can and that was just the the way in it in the case of Man United-Chelsea it's not like there's a huge gap in class between the quality of the Chelsea player in a lot of a lot of instances, the Manchester United have better individual and skillful players. Yeah, Mar-
0: Mauricio Sarri even made that point. He said that they, on paper, have probably one of the best 11s, if not the best 11 well, in look, the league. Ball-playing-wise,
1: like, Antonio Valencia is a... Well, why am I with Antonio? Why don't I start with Antonio <laughs> Valencia? <laughs> he didn't even play. I either. know, I was just like, well, he's a club captain. But I was just going to say, the way that Manchester United have employed, like, players who've played, I was going to say Valencia, Shaw, Smalling, all have played in midfield, so they're all technically good enough to play in midfield. And they're all Manchester United defenders. Uh their whole midfield is I know for the most part it's, it's ridiculously defensive. But Andrew Herrera is a fantastic player. Juan Matic is a fantastic World Cup winner. Uh Matic can, you know, pass the ball as well as be a destruction. He's not a he's not a pure destroyer the way other the way Fellaini you might associate yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. And then you have the likes of Marshall Rashford Sanchez Lukaku none of those players are you know Grant Holt like none of them are players that like, just throw them yeah they've all earned
0: their way to a top class yes, team
1: but they're playing like Grant Holt yeah and that's the difference between the two sides I can't wait to
0: see the whole Mainai starting 11 wrestling soon
1: but that's the problem I have with the stats between the two teams is that I think it was 20 something shots to 7 Like Dude,
0: on, did I only have the two shots on target I can't I, I or, or, remember no had one right before the, possession, the first goal. the
1: possession was ridiculous and like the territory as well which is for Sanford Bridge which is one of the smaller stadiums in the Premier League to have such inferior territory which means you're pinned back the whole time which means you're tiring out your players before they have to go to play Juventus in a couple of days I know they're at home and there's a whole Ronaldo situation which could it's going to be a very I know we'll talk a bit about it in a while but it'll be a very weird match I think in a lot of ways yeah like what was like for Phil Neville as well go back to Phil Neville tactical masterclass he's playing 10 behind the ball or 11 behind the ball if you don't have to keeper as well because he was involved in it a fair bit as well getting saves and passing and everything else because it wasn't just it wasn't just like a a clever tactical performance these guys are going to be wrecked and they have to play Ventus on Tuesday Tuesday yeah like like I, I've, I've been I've been foretelling Manchester United's demise for the last few weeks I th- like I thought they'd get like they'd be the well, like, next four matches I thought this would be the one like, I wasn't that, you know, shocked when they took back the lead to go back 2-1 in this because I thought, of any of the matches that they're playing the next four weeks, this was the match that was most... Uh, I, I thought this
0: is a... I see this match as a point gained for Manchester United. no way should they have gotten anything out of this match.
1: As, it ter- as the match conspired... Well, because they could have... Won, they were, like, they did get yeah, an equaliser. Yeah,
0: it did end up... Like, it's almost a disappointing good whoop draw Man United in a way because they were winning so late on. Yeah but going into this match it just would have made like as it was 2-1 I was like this makes no sense
1: well as well I'm just saying next week I think I would be they're playing Everton next week
0: Uh yeah I think so
1: so Everton I would be le- I'd be less inclined to believe that Everton will do the same type of thing Chelsea are doing if they took the lead they wouldn't back off the, as quickly as Sarri did and it's also easier to raise your game against Chelsea than it is against Everton especially after you're going to be probably exhausted after playing Juventus the best judge in football are the supporters they are the best judge this is the first time that
0: I see in football a man hunting I'm 55 I am, I'm mature I'm a big boy um um, um um, Thank respect, you guys. respect, respect, man, respect, respect.
1: respect
0: man. Three new, but also mean three premierships. And I won more premierships alone than the other 19 managers together. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. respect. respect man.
1: heritage. This is football heritage, Um. heritage. Respect, respect, respect man, respect, respect.
0: London is my fault. Um Heritage. if there is some difficulty to have the agreements of the Brexit is my fault. Respect. Respect Respect man, respect, respect. Respect. to Respect man, respect, respect. Respect, respect. Respect man, respect, respect.
1: Respect,
0: respect. Respect man, respect,
1: respect.
0: Five months ago everything was looking up for Julian Lapetegui. Manager of his national team, one of the favourites to win the World Cup, and his side were playing great football. Since then, he's been appointed Real Madrid manager pre-World Cup, sacked before Spain kicked a ball in Russia, seen his best player be sold and had his side go over eight hours without even scoring a goal. Yet, Saturday saw his first stroke of luck in months. With El Clasico fast approaching, Lionel Messi has been ruled out of of Spanish football's biggest match. Is the tide beginning to turn or will he even
1: make it to Sunday? He looks very old, uh, uh, Julian Napotegui now. Like, I've watched his press conference. The soul has been drained yeah, from his face. Yeah, he looks so, like, oh... The first question is, like, Dude, will you be sacked? <laughs> and, like, that's <laughs> it. And like, How was he even meant to answer he that? He goes so well, yeah. he was like, oh, I don't talk... I don't think about that. I don't talk... You know, that is not... That is not in the picture. That just, is not in the cards at all. You know, just was,
0: one time, I hope, a manager goes, yeah, actually, I think, uh, you know, it'd be fair if I got sacked the next 24 hours. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, some managers have done it in the past. They've, they've been fairly straight with it. That like, yeah, I... I expect I won't be here much. Like Roy Hodgson did it when England uh, went out to the World Cup. So, or the Euros. Was it the World he, Cup? He, or res- he
0: resigned after that. Yeah,
1: but he was still doing the press conferences and they were asking him, do you think he will be resigned? Like, yeah. I think I will. Yeah, I'm gone. That type of way. It was kind of funny. Um, but I don't think the tide's turning in Lopetegui at all. I think it, may, it is a stroke of luck. Messi played for 12... Well, he played for about 11 minutes? 12 yeah, minutes? 15 minutes, yeah. Well, yeah, and then he broke his arm in a kind of unfortunate form yeah, his arm goes the wrong disgusting. way and it's on his tattoo so you kind of see oh the tattoo doesn't line up anymore because it went the other oh, way oh just thinking about I, it But he like played on team. for a few minutes and then it was like this isn't working at all yeah like Messi
0: was down on the ground like the the camera actually got a great shot of him like thrown out like Jesus on the cross kind yeah, of well, way yeah well he did break like, an arm and it probably <laughs> yeah.
1: was like I'm not sure if it was compound but it's probably pretty close to it
0: uh, he'd be out for three weeks as well which is basically between now and the next international break
1: which means he'll be off for longer because he's not playing international football for Argentina.
0: Yeah, well, I imagine he'll just get the two weeks off, and then they come back. Yeah. They play Atletico Madrid, and right after that. Yeah, then Atletico so, Madrid are kind of annoyed. Like, like it is, well, he finally gets injured, and he'll be back just in time yeah. for us.
1: Well, it is football; it's not handball, so yeah. he can he can play with a broken arm. Like it's happened before. Franz Beckenbauer played the nineteen seventies World Cup semi final against Italy with a dislocation and broken arm, and he just strapped his arm. Would to you his want body. to play
0: with a broken arm against Sergio Ramos?
1: Yeah, like Messi's good enough to get away from Ramos, so yeah, he could do it. Yeah,
0: Ramos can still kick you though, and then he yeah. you you down.
1: Yeah. Oh, so, whoops! My foot. Slips. Like this will be a very interesting match because it'll it, in some ways. Though I've been very critical of Valverde this season. You were of him last season. I think it can free Valverde up to be a lot different in this match than he would have already. Like been set. He's going to set up in a very neutral team, as in there isn't going to be a central uh, central focus on one player. There's going to be a team focus, which is suits Laportege much better. Dembele came on for Messi uh, in, over the weekend, and you could tell he was up for the match. He wasn't... he wasn't, this, Not, he wasn't uh, successful. D-
0: <laughs> there just seems to be a lot of problems around Dembele. Like after the match, Valverde didn't seem very uh, praising of no. Dembele. Well, he
1: didn't perform very well, and... But and he, same, and he hasn't really been when you consider that he did cost over a hundred million. Yeah, but that's kind of the ridiculousness of the market. Like he's not a hundred. He's not Kylian Mbappe. He's not that. friendly
0: But it, it just it does just lead to the question. I I thought this at the time as well. Like, did they just buy him too early? Does he should yeah. he have needed a couple more years yeah. at a club like Dortmund?
1: Yeah, I absolutely think that, and I, I think it'll be at this point. Well, at this point you can't predict what's going to happen at Barcelona next year because there's a whole lot of political things going on at the club and there could be a new president and there could be a new manager in place after a new president comes in. So a lot of the team, the structure of the team, could yet change in the next year or so. But if I was to say right now, is Dembele a player that's going to be at Barcelona in several years? i will say no. Well, like over the summer
0: there were links with him going to England. Like Liverpool and Arsenal were both heavily linked with him. Yeah, they
1: were. And if the money had worked out differently, I think he would have gone. If there was another player that Barca could have signed in place of him, I think the deal would have happened.
0: And then the thing is, like they brought in Malcolm, they took him off Roma, who looked like they were yeah. about to sign they signed him from Bordeaux, and he's nowhere to be seen either. Like it just seems like again, it feels like Malcolm could have done with a couple of seasons at Roma. Yeah.
1: They're signing early to avoid. They're trying to replicate. Well, in some ways, they're trying to. Replicate... They're trying to
0: cut out the middleman.
1: Yeah, they're trying to like. Although they're spending a huge sums of money on these players so why not wait but they're trying to avoid their, what happened previously when they don't want to get into the type of uh, galactical spending the realm again of signing a top grade player when he's not the best they want to sign a player who's up and coming and then meld them into the way the Barcelona want them to be so far it's not worked it's not worked since like the kind of Masia generation has come through the main you know the golden generation for lack of a better phrase came through nearly 10 years ago now They've been trying every year to either substitute somebody into it, parachute them in, like Neymar was, which did work, like Suarez was, and it did work. But then the rest of the team, they're struggling. Like They still haven't... Like I was never a huge fan of Victor Valdez, but I think their Shagan still hasn't replaced him as in, like, an like a well, he solid had two, one. he had to still makes ridiculous mistakes.
0: He did make two at two different points yesterday. He made two world class double saves. Yeah, so he he he's and he's a he competent saved them a lot. Oh, he,
1: absolutely he's, he's a world class goalkeeper, but he's not. This isn't an epic. Like for all of Valdes faults, he probably will go down in Barcelona history as one of their greatest keepers because he was just so kind of revolutionary in what he did. He did not he was, he was small in stature. He was inconsistent at times, but he did what he did very well, which was pass the ball back pass the ball out and make quick instinctive saves. They were his two great uh qualities and their Sagan hasn't yet shown what that is, and he's still liable for a big mistake and big stages.
0: He did save them though yesterday because it was at two nil that he made an incredible yeah. double save, and then minutes later, Suarez put home a penalty to make it three yeah. nil, which effectively ended the game. Yeah. So like Barcelona are now top of La Liga, Real Madrid not top of La Liga. They as where we said now like went seventh. They went eight hours without scoring. We we all thought initially it was a record, but it turns out everyone forgot about an extra time period back in eighty five. Yeah. So and not quite. Got the
1: goal as well, which kind of.
0: You're not going to rely on Marcelo to score. Keep scoring.
1: No. And did you see the uh, Real Madrid Castilla Junior playing today? No. Uh, He scored an amazing free kick and then got immediately sent off for diving. So he's out of the Classical. So they don't even have, you know, not that he would have necessarily started, but it was a lot more pace than they're currently having that Real Madrid attack. (sighs) Like Lapotegui, he's got a poison chalice. It's David Moyes syndrome. But probably at even higher level than David. Yeah, Moise. because he, like, he, like he, at least he, David Moyes still had like the best players. Some of the.
0: Yeah, like that team did just win the league, but this yeah. team has also just won three Champions Leagues back to back. Oh, correct. So not only ha- like it was just Alex Ferguson really that had left Manchester United, yeah. and then David Moyes brought in his people. Yeah. But at Real Madrid, you've lost the best player they've had over the last ten years, yeah, and the best manager they've had over the last ten years. So that's a huge vacuum being left there.
1: And they're suffering from injuries. They're suffering from. Like, they still haven't. Like, there's some big on the goalkeeper, and it hasn't necessarily worked out for them yet. It can still work out for them as it goes on. But there is clearly a kind of distrust, or there's still a, a growing trust happening between the defenders and the goalkeeper.
0: But then there's also stuff like Luka Modric just yeah, hasn't really age. recovered from the, the World Cup and, of thing. course,
1: age. Yeah, he ran more than anybody else in the World Cup. It's meant to be in prison in Croatia. Well, he did get <laughs> off that. Um, yeah. I know, but there's a lot going on in his personal life as well as him probably reaching the pinnacle of his career, winning individual awards like he did the UEFA best player and getting to a World Cup final, winning
0: Golden Ball. It does feel like you know that he was linked with Inter Milan over the summer. It does yeah. feel like all, kind of a missed opportunity. Obviously, Luka Modric could think, still come good over the course of the season.
1: I think he'll go to Inter Milan or but someone if, else. It yeah. feels
0: like it was a bit of a missed opportunity to get a high fee
1: for Luka Modric. Yeah, and I think it's you're gonna feel that the same. Like Casemiro has been on not that he's a bad player by any stretch of ma- imagination, but for the last two years he like since the Juventus final, if you remember when he said that. Yeah, scored, that I think was his best. That's but like his performances have notably withered because like last season in Sedan he played much further up in the in the proceedings. He played much more of a box box role rather than a sitter and a stayer in, in the in the defence midfield with And I don't think. I think that might be there to maybe hide. Is like there was always weaknesses in his place. Tackling was never really top notch, and a lot of you know positioning play from his other midfield partners kind of helped him out that. But then when you give him, leave him in an open space, he kind of doesn't know what to do with the ball sometimes, and that's been shown up with a lot of players just playing around him in midfield when he's playing. Uh, Tony Cross is still hitting great passing records. He's great on the ball, but off the ball he's kind of been a passenger so far this season. And then up front, as we said. What, what, like no one no one Karim Benzema Kar- well Karim Benzema's done he was done before last season he just got so lucky with three consecutive ridiculous matches yeah in, or two consecutive scored two of the most
0: ridiculous goals of Chelsea history yeah, yeah, the yeah and, win. like
1: after not scoring all season in any competition like bar, I think he scored one or two goals all season in the league
0: yeah very poor return there and, the goal and scoring, he's played all the matches goal scoring was never his thing though but well it, it was before he met Ronaldo yeah it was his thing but he, he when Ronaldo was in the side he was there to facilitate Ronaldo yeah, yeah. basically play a false but nine by kind of. far his worst but Ronaldo season. is gone now obviously yeah. and you know he we needs remember, to start scoring it was
1: only a few weeks ago not it was a bit more than that at this point but it was only a few months ago when Lopetegu was like oh I, I'm getting the be- you know, they were praising him for Lopetegui, for getting the best back out of Benzema. He's back and all this, and it's like no, it was just early season. And like
0: Gareth Bale continues to be injury ridden.
1: Yeah, can't you can't rely on him. And plus, I don't know what Lopetegui wants to do. And he's played him through the middle. He's played him outright. He's played him, you know, kind of in the same position he was. They're going to need game. him though
0: against Barcelona.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. But that's why I'm saying I don't think the, the tables will turn on Lopetegui. because I think Barcelona, despite not being. Great are still much better than uh, Real Madrid are this season.
0: Yeah, like Real Madrid going to this match on Sunday in fifth place. They yeah. like they're four points off Barcelona, so like the, se- the That's season's... ridiculous
1: when you think about the amount of.
0: But that's how like it's been a weird La Liga yeah. season so far. Like all the big teams have had misfirings. Like even yeah. Atletico are drawing too too many matches. Yeah, like before they had that problem last season. As yeah, well. they did couldn't
1: score. But they weren't lo- They weren't uh, conceding either.
0: Yeah, like it was weird, they're playing VRL at the weekend, and, and uh, like they took a one 0 lead. Yeah. And obviously they have a poor record of Villarreal as well yeah. over the last few years. But even still, uh, if Atletico take a one 0 lead, you'd put a yeah, you'd, you'd nearly bet your house on them continuing with the one 0 lead. No, for but the rest they're of the struggling now. With... Yeah, so like even they haven't maybe yeah, picked up the pieces from Real Madrid and Barcelona faltering. Well,
1: who, who was it that was it? Was it Gareth Southgate that said they don't? Nobody has the spark or. You talking about the English players coming, you know, because the, the summer holidays, as they call it, but it was like effectively the rest days between them finishing high level international tournament to coming back to high level club club football. Which is like forget about these guys get paid lots and lots of money and you know the, what about holidays like we don't get that normal people don't get holidays to that extent it's not necessarily about getting holiday or getting a break it's more to do with their bodies can't perform at that level continuously they just refuse to do it and especially like if you're how old is Modric now thirty two thirty four I always get mixed yeah up.
0: he's about that he's in his thirties
1: he's in his thirties he ran more than anybody else in the World Cup you can bring him back and you like he straight back into the team still playing for Croatia still doing his thing in every single match you cannot expect him to continue that level we're talking about Harry Kane multiple times in the last few weeks yeah
0: this this is a problem generally every four years after a World yeah. Cup or even every two years and I think
1: it's acute in Spain where you have so many I think it affected them in the World Cup obviously it affected the countries that had a lot of you know players based in La Liga in their squads a lot of them didn't perform and then maybe it was because they all went so far in European competition again they all played forty plus matches in domestic game, you know, between the cup and the league. And then they come in the like all at high intensity, all at high temperatures. It's gonna break at some point, and it's broken so far this season where none of these teams have performed really to the level that you'd expect them to. You see a little bit of a hangover in terms of some of the French players, like Griezmann seems to be basking in his low of winning a World Cup constantly now, and like maybe that's getting to his head a bit at this point. You you know and maybe that's hurting Atletico a bit. I think you know, he is still performing, but he's not performing to where he I think he should be.
0: Yeah, and then just with La Liga generally speaking, like the like it has been for so long been Barcelona, Real Madrid, obviously, but it's also been Ronaldo Lionel Messi. And yeah. with with Ronaldo obviously gone to Italy and Met Messi's still incredible. Like with the fifteen minutes that he was on the pitch yesterday was absolutely incredible. Yeah. But like Real Madrid now need basically a whole restructuring. Yeah, Barcelona also need a complete overhaul, nearly just to make the team even more centered around Messi. But also thinking about the future after Messi. Yeah. So it does kind of like it is the end of the of this sequence, really. Yeah,
1: it's highlighted in an immensely clear fashion how being dependent on a single player in your whole squad, without any, you know, without any illusions to have a plan B. Or to have any kind of different side of play. Like most, most of the last 10 years, Messi and Ronaldo, I know Messi's missed a few months here and there, but they had, you know, at that point they had Neymar and the team who kind of picked up the flak, Barcelona, and they had different. They weren't like, as reliant on yeah, Messi like Henry, at that. Yeah, like back 10 years ago was there to kind of pick and up. And they the had that incredible midfield as well. Exactly. But Real Madrid, like, Ronaldo's mostly played the last 10 years of Real Madrid. He barely missed matches. And if he did, it was kind of like against Minos. and, you know, Real Madrid had enough firepower to get themselves through. But without him pulling him out of the teams, like re- they've realised, oh God, we've had this whole structure set up to service one player for ten years. How do we fix this? And a lot of the players, like you saw this, you're seeing this over the world at the moment, where in the last ten to fifteen years, there's been a focus on one striker up front. So when certain teams are bringing back two strikers up front, the defenders don't know how to deal with having an extra man to mark, an extra player to have to stop scoring. And they don't know what to do. And that's why there's been a resurgence in the two man forward line the last couple of years. So they don't know what to do. And around three, it's almost the same thing. It's like probably their whole teams and youth all the way up were set up. Okay, we're going to have this one great player and we're going to feed everything through them. They're going to come from the left a bit into the centre and they're going to score goals and always be there. And that's how we're playing. And now they don't have that. And they don't have anyone near that. And I don't think they'd want to have another player like Ronaldo because it screws them up immensely. Barcelona are going to be exactly the same whenever Messi go, does go or does, you know, unless they handle it much better and they do, like... Draw Messi deeper into the, the thing team is, or
0: it, it kind of reminds me of uh, an Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger situation where Arsenal were able to see just all the problems that Man United were making and try yeah. step in before Arsenal Wenger did leave. Like he saw they brought in a few people back at the yeah in the backroom staff to like bring to help the process of yeah, Arsenal Wenger a director leaving. Of football bringing yeah.
1: a new director of high performance and all this sort of stuff. So so, so the club is not being man, run yeah. yeah by one and man.
0: it is kind of we're, we're kind of seeing the same thing of. Alex Ferguson has left Real Madrid and now Arsene Menger is still with his final few years at Barcelona. Yeah. So it is a matter of do Barcelona pull what Arsenal have done and learn from, yeah. Real, Madrid learn from Real Madrid's
1: Six. That, They have to. Otherwise they will be in this complete and absolute car crash of a, a football team within 10 years. And who's to say that they'll be in a position to recover effectively from that when so far they've not shown any Wisdom in the transfer market for the most part, like they they want. Okay, we want. We want Neymar, so we arrange Neymar and have that whole crazy saga that you know FIFA investigation and everything relating around Neymar. We want Suarez, so there's two years of Suarez talk and eventually getting their man from Liverpool. We want Coutinho, and then there's the whole mess around Coutinho having to wait to get their man and then pay double what they were willing to pay three months earlier. Get Mbele because they have to sign somebody because they have sold Neymar. And suddenly they're in the red in terms of financials because they didn't plan and didn't manage themselves well. Imagine if they did that without having Messi in the team to attract players. Because if you don't have Messi there, like Barcelona's a gigantic club, but AC Milan are a gigantic club. Inter Milan are a gigantic club. They're not attracting the players the likes of Messi anymore. And I don't think there will be a time in the near future that they will. And Barcelona could very easily find themselves into that position.
0: And this this like leaves a a bigger question on La Liga as well because does it make La Liga more or less interesting if Real Madrid and Barcelona are at their worst or at their best?
1: Well like the, everyone always gives everyone always give, pays most attention to La Liga and it's it's it's, a, it's a, for the moment it's uh counterintuitive maybe in the future it'll become more normal to to think this way but when Barcelona and Real Madrid are at their best, that's when the most attention goes to La Liga because you say, "Oh wow, they're getting hundred points. They're destroying teams every week. They're playing fantastic football."
0: Like that was when El Clasico was the yeah. biggest game in football when it was Ronaldo, Messi. You yeah. know, this the Radio whole Pets season or, rides yeah. on the, these yeah. two matches or four or five matches. in mean, yeah. certain seasons. Yeah. So then, when those two teams aren't quite as good, those matches don't have the same impact. But then the other thirty six games in the season maybe have a greater impact. Yeah. Because if you think like when
1: Valencia were winning league t- league titles and other other you know Deportivo La Coruna around the turn of the century, and like you know Spain wasn't getting a huge amount of attention, and Barcelona and Real Madrid were going through bad times at that point.
0: Uh, there was the period like, obviously Real Madrid won three Champions League titles between ninety eight two thousand two, yeah. but, but then the mix
1: was Deportivo and Valencia. Yeah and, yeah, and
0: like they did well in the and didn't Alaves get to a Champions League semi final or quarter final at one point, or was it?
1: Deportivo, La Lacrunia and yeah, Support show and that crazy. Oh, Alaves got to the UEFA, UEFA Cup. Yeah, yeah they what lost five four to Liverpool. Yeah. yeah.
0: And but then there was the period where Real Madrid went pff, six, seven years probably yeah. without getting to a quarter final. Yeah. Barcelona won a Champions League but it was kind of a weird Champions League. They beat Arsenal in that final. Yeah. But they didn't really do anything before that, Yeah. and immediately after that. then. it was only then, when Pep came in and when Mourinho came in, that it both sides became—they found another level.
1: Yeah, that they became ever present in semifinals.
0: Yeah, it was like oh, it seemed inevitable that they would meet in a final, and then somehow they just they, didn't. They, they
1: always played each other in an earlier round, or someone else would get knocked out. With yeah, else.
0: Inter Milan were there, or Ferguson was there, United, or Bayern Munich would pop up. Yeah. So, but. I'm just, like, this La Liga season has been weird because, like, Sevilla were top of the table before they played Barcelona, but so were Alves for a couple hours yeah. and Atletico have been top. So it makes the title race very interesting. I think it's
1: good for the neutral in the in the greater sense of the word. The reason I said in the future it could be different is because for the last eight years, maybe, there was worries in, in Spain that, you know, we're getting a Scotland situation where we have two big clubs and everyone else. Yeah. And that's, you don't want that. And it hurts, like in the short term, maybe. what's oh, it's great you have these two great teams battling out, and all the rest of the matches don't matter, and you get these great classics. You need
0: the system to change to yeah. keep people interested,
1: yeah. And I think it's, I think it'd be better for everyone in the long run that the likes of like Alabas aren't going to stay there for the season. You'd imagine, unless there's a Leicester City esque situation, yeah. I, I was
0: thinking about that earlier, like Leicester City was an incredible achievement for them, and it, but obviously. You have to look at that as well in the context of the rest of the league. Like Man City were faltering, Man United were faltering, Arsenal were actually probably the only team that played as they had the previous seasons, but they still just had those mishaps. Tottenham came out of nowhere, but they still just weren't good enough. They they needed another season under Paschettino. And Leicester City were just... They They capitalised. Yeah, they they capitalised. That's the word I was looking for. So can a team capitalise in the way that Leicester City has?
1: Like Atletico, or do you proven that's possible in a much bigger level then. but
0: Atletico feel more like a Tottenham team who are in the middle yeah, of the process they won the they, Yeah, they did win the league already which Tottenham haven't but it does feel like that was part of the plan whereas I don't think the plan necessarily for Leicester was to win the league that season no. it was to stay up so,
1: yeah, survive. 40 points we get pizza that was yeah. where, uh, big Claudio's uh, promise
0: so yeah it, it will be interesting to see if a team like Alaves or even Sevilla could keep yeah. this up for another 30 weeks yeah and like that would be an incredible story for any team that did that in La Liga, because besides Atletico, it's been a while since another yeah. team's won La Liga.
1: Yeah, you're looking at when Valencia, Valencia 2004, I yeah. think was the last time, or was that Deportivo? No, that was Valencia. That was uh, Rafa. Yeah, but yeah, it's been. I think it's that's really been it since then. It's only been Real Madrid and Barcelona exchange and titles, and then Atletico popped in with that one.
0: And then that brings me back to where we started this conversation with Julian Lopetegui. Do Real Madrid stick with him and give him the chance to like restructure the club for a season? Like It's the question of should David Moyes have lasted yeah. the whole season or should he have gone at Christmas?
1: Yeah, it is a tough decision because he is a stopgap manager. He probably knew that when he was being appointed. Like he, if he had any sense, he would have known that when he was being appointed. Maybe he had hopes that he can make this work and be a great Real Madrid manager for years and years and blah, blah, blah. I doubt that was really going to happen at any point it's up to Perez the president of Real Madrid does he want does he think he can get a a better stopgap manager maybe someone more experienced to come in well Arsene Wenger
0: is around
1: Arsene Wenger is around it's been known in history that Perez tried to get Arsene Wenger a couple of times but probably even closer to 20 years ago at this stage failed to get him he's there now there's other managers that are Antonio
0: Conte still knocking around the place
1: there's other experienced managers just just. Hanging in, hanging Leonardo
0: there. Jardim is now free to go wherever he pleases,
1: and while they might look at others, like Thomas Tools, he's winning comfortably in France every time. But I don't know what the story is with him in the long term. Would he prefer to be at Real Madrid? Would he only be available at the end of the season? You look at even other someone clubs. like Pochettino, yeah, yeah. or Allegri. Yeah.
0: Allegri. Like these are the players, the managers then, they looked at over the summer.
1: Then the flip side of that is. There's other clubs that may be looking for to replace managers in the season. Manchester United, obviously we spoke spoken about Mourinho before. Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, Nuka Kovac not being... <laughs> not, he's got the support of the board for now, but I don't see him there next year. There's a few other, you know, as you said, PSG. There could be other big clubs in Italy if, if Allegri decides to move on. Maybe there's other big roles available and Rembrandt could lose out again because the project like while it's better than PSG I think that's the only one of the super clubs that Real And it's a lot than. of it's
0: going to be a lot of work and ne- not necessarily a lot of reward no. from it as No. And it's a lot of
1: risk as well you get a lot of hate and as you said it might not work out at all there might you mightn't get the funds to fix that whole team you might have to be stuck with more superstars than you have workhorses and that that was always a problem historically around Madrid and kind of Ronaldo arrested that by just kind of pulling more weight than necessarily other great players of the past you know super players that have been parachuted in had done where he was just a one-man scoring machine and then the rest of the team would focus on supplying that i don't see them getting another player like that and without that it requires a big long-term job and i don't think there's enough patience Real Madrid for that i will love it if we beat them i will love it if we beat them
0: i will love it if we beat them I will love it if we beat them. 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 You just killed me. Could you at least do that? I want to know your name. I
1: will love it if we beat them. I, be
0: I be better yet stay in there. Just do that. I want to know. I will love it if we beat them. I will love it if we beat
1: them. I will love it if we beat 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 them. I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. And he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And and I'll tell you, honestly, 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 I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I name, 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 name. Honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it.
0: Man City, Tottenham and Liverpool all continue winning, but it's a big Champions League midweek for all three sides. They've lost ground in their group big week for them
1: like Man City won 5-0 in the league and then I felt that they were resting players or they were playing very uh, conservative football to try and conserve energy for a lot of the, the match uh, I think they're going to target this because uh, they're playing back to so everyone's playing back to back fixtures now so Man City are, are they home or away
0: uh, I will check that now they're playing Shakhtar Donetsk
1: Shakhtar Donetsk who they have a bad record against
0: they lost two of them last season yeah
1: they did but it, it didn't matter that yeah they lost were them. they were
0: already through at that point
1: so, you can kind of take it with a pinch of salt. Like, a, you know, Pep's teams sometimes do that. They kind of let them let things, let standards slide, which I know it probably annoys them to to an end degree, but it's what happens in the, in football. Shakur Donetsk, you know, they it's, it's
0: on in Shakur Donetsk. Donetsk. <laughs>
1: is well, it on in Genesk? It wouldn't it be in, on in Genesk. It'd be they've... Is it in Kiev or somewhere It's like in
0: that? some... It's in Ukraine. Let's it's just call Ukraine it
1: that. somewhere. <clears throat> yeah, so... I would fancy Man City to really. The first one is going to be tough because of weather conditions. Although you're at a better time there than if you played in six weeks time, or four weeks time, whatever the the end of the Champions League campaign will be, or the group stage will be. Um, but and it'll be on and early enough, so it's not like they're they play on. Well, Saturday it'll be on at eight o'clock. Yeah,
0: they playing at eight o'clock. They're playing on eight o'clock, oh. yeah.
1: That seems ridiculous. They're it is a bit weird. Time yeah. difference, and they'll be back then for a league match next year. Next and week. it's against Tottenham on Monday as well. Given, yeah, given the the how poorly they played in Europe so far this season, I, I like like Pep must have been focusing on this match for the last two weeks. Like I know they played Burnley and everything like that. But, but they've had the two weeks off. They've had the two weeks. So I have to think that Man City will win this.
0: Yeah, I, I'd I'd agree with that. Like they need to win. A defeat here would be a huge that's loss it. for them. Yeah, you that's would, it.
1: Like could be second at best. Then
0: yeah, and uh, like even second place, we've seen like second place is still good enough to get out of the group, obviously. But yeah, we've, but we've so seen you're
1: opening yourselves up to playing Barcelona, exactly to playing Juventus, To playing. You know, Real Madrid possibly. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe.
0: Uh, but then Liverpool also in trouble. They lost to Napoli last time out. They're playing at home The Red Star Belgrade this time. It's a
1: must-win match, I think, because I think Liverpool want to win their group. They don't want to come out second best. Now against Napoli, the, you know they're playing a uh, 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 mover and shaker, and operator in Champions League. Carlo Ancelotti, he knew what he was doing. They're playing away from home. Liverpool were settled with that draw.
0: Yeah, it was probably Liverpool's worst performance this season. Yeah. But a draw good. would have been a good yeah,
1: result. Yeah, and it was controlled though. They they intended to, okay, we're going to see this. we will get a draw. And they conceded a late like, goal. Screwed them up. They lost the match. It undermined his whole plan. He would have looked like a genius to come away with it. You all draw and get away. It
0: completely opens up that group as well. though, yeah. Because now Napoli are on top of four. But then, then Liverpool and PSG are on three.
1: Yeah. So it kind of, yeah. Considering how good a performance they were put out against PSG at Anfield in the first match. it's very disappointing that they... They just, they that
0: that Roberto Firmino winner could be really massive it now could,
1: it could because they've head to head as well as what matters isn't it yeah the um, now they're playing Red Star tough match Like Red Star have proven that they're a tough opposition to play against like they, they they, probably,
0: Napoli were struggling to get past them like yeah. it was 0-0 and Napoli just could not break them yeah. down
1: and it was just a bit of a couple of moments of genius from Neymar and Mbappe that did it for PSG against them so you know you, you can't always and, rely and there is on those. a difference
0: between playing a team like Red Star Belgrade at home and away.
1: Yeah, there is absolutely, and it's, you know the, the conditions. I don't want to spend too much time on the conditions because it is still only October, but the conditions will play a, a bit of a and the
0: atmosphere around yeah. the stadium.
1: Absolutely, and it's a team that's been waiting for these big matches. Yeah,
0: like it was. It was probably really uh, not ideal for Napoli to be going to Red Star Belgrade for their first Champions League yeah. match because, as you mentioned, it's been. Tw- nearly 30 it's been more than 30 it's nearly been 30 years since yeah. their last appearance in the Champions League or wasn't even the Champions League at the time it was the European Cup still yeah. so like those fans have been waiting for this a long time yeah. so for to, to go there on your first match really was not ideal for mm. them so unfortunately for Napoli there, that draw could end up costing them as well because you would think Liverpool and PSG would be targeting 6 points Yeah, and Napoli already can't get that
1: and Liverpool have the advantage now if they just win their next 2 matches they are through so they have to focus on Red Star Belgrade and get through. They'll be on nine points. That's enough to get through in this group.
0: Yeah, and then obviously Napoli pay PSG, and that's a huge Much match. more
1: exciting match, I think, because uh, Carlo has history of PSG, of course. He was manager there. He was very well liked there. they probably take him back if he was willing to go back to the club. He left them to go to Real Madrid and win the Champions League. Um, Mbappe and Neymar are playing well, and Neymar playing more centrally now than he has been for... He's usually played off the left like he was at Barcelona but now he's being more centrally kind of. It feels like it's coming to the end nine. with Cavani Yeah But he's playing they're playing different It is the end for Cavani He is older and Mbappe is a better player Mbappe can just you can see clips of him just running through players and they can't keep up with him It's like watching Jonah Alomo play rugby at his best in like 1995 just crashing through players who are it's as if they're playing different sport or they're different age levels Mbappe is that good, and if you have him out the right, then why are you isolating Neymar at the left? Bring him into the centre. They'll play him as a withdrawn nine. Not if I don't want to call him a false nine because he's still like not doing false nine work. He's being a nine, but he's just playing deeper, like a ten. Would be the, kind of like
0: Harry Kane against Spain that
1: time. Yeah, exactly. And then there's kind of you know we have traditional wingers. Then Paris out the left hand side, but. They, they, it's interesting what is trying to do with them I still am not convinced by them, I still think it's a team of individuals, they've not improved dramatically since Emery's left last season, I think they are still very much playing the same kind of football and I think it's going to be a tough job for Tool to get a team ethic out of them and Napoli a complete antithesis of this where they're going to be playing entirely team team based football, a bit le, le, less fluid than under Starry and Ancelotti's installed a bit more discipline. but the great thing about Ancelotti is flexible to his players' wants and needs, that's his great strength as a manager
0: and so he's well able to read another team as yeah. well before a match and he did it against Liverpool he made the switch to a back three against yeah. Liverpool and that completely changed the game Liverpool weren't expecting that at all I think it affected them yeah so it will be interesting to see does Carlo pull out some kind of trick as as, as, as yeah. it were against PSG or a specific plan just for yeah. them that he's been thinking of
1: if not they can get something out of this first match between the two sides on in Paris they, I think, they fancied themselves to get out of the group, and then Paris would be in serious trouble. And as we talked about earlier, Thomas Tuchel's job will be under because he can do what he can win five nil every week, which he's basically doing in league on. He can win five nil every week against all these minnows of France, but if he doesn't do the business in Champions League, that's it.
0: Champions they, League is PSG's whole
1: season yeah. nearly. If they lose this first match, he'll be under such immense pressure because they show nothing. Against, like apart from the fact that they got the goal, they got the goal to equalize against Liverpool. They, they've shown nothing this season in the Champions League. Yeah, they still that they, lost that match. Yeah, they did. But that, apart from those two moments, which were complete switch off moments for Liverpool and fantastic play from the Paris strikers, they've shown absolutely nothing. They don't seem to have a very cohesive plan. They, the defenders and attackers and midfielders aren't playing well together, and that could be another disappointing year for Paris.
0: And then uh, Tottenham go to PSV and they, they must win it is must win uh, and it, it, the messy injury does kind of change that group because Inter Milan Inter Milan will fancy their chances now previously they would have thought okay maybe get Inter... a point from these
1: two games but Inter have been disappointed in the, in the Champions League so far it smacks of a classic oh like Roma of years old <laughs> under Spalletti as well this team plays really interesting football in the league and they do interesting things and they have these, these clever players and then they go and play it's European sides who they should be better than are definitely better than on paper and they struggled to do anything. And they did against that against Spurs. Still managed to win because Spurs, incompetence or whatever it was. And they did against PSV and because PSV are just that level below.
0: They did go behind in both of those matches yeah, exactly. as well. Because
1: they they smack at this team that just aren't there. They're not up to the required standard. But they don't Barcelona, play football. Barcelona should swap them aside. But
0: Barcelona without Messi have just been so poor over the last couple of seasons. Like they that. Have. Like, look at those players that are there. Like, some of them, you'd think maybe on paper they might be alright, but then it's just... But I off so
1: and then what did he do against Tottenham?
0: He did score one of the goals of the season. Yeah, like, I thought he was doing a lot You can, only, you can only, Any world-class player can score a goal, but score a goal like that, of that quality. Yeah. But then, you can't do that every week either. No. Like, it's one of those once-a-season type goals, maybe twice a season. So but, I wouldn't expect him to pull that out of his hat again. But
1: there's, a, there's nice interesting things now, because you have Coutinho's there, and he can play... Maybe a lot more offensively than he's played so far this season in Barcelona. Where he's playing as more of a link attacking player. He can play out all out attacker.
0: In ideally, you would expect okay, this might actually open up Barcelona to yeah. try something different. But it's just nothing. Whenever Messi's not played, like whether he be wrestler or whether he's just yeah. not starting a match and yeah. he's waiting for him to come on, Barcelona have shown no imagination. They've just they've looked clueless. Yeah. They've looked incoherent. And Inter Milan, obviously, they, they can also and, do that as well. And also Spalletti doesn't know how to lose a match 7-1 in the Champions League. So that could still happen just because Spalletti likes that for some reason. He does. Um, But Inter Milan will be coming into this match not with the expectation that they can get a result but with the hope that, okay, Messi's not here. Let's let's just try and get something because what are they to lose? They're already in a strong position in this group. Realistically, all they need is a point from both of these games or from either of these games rather. Yeah to secure qualification. like qualification. Tottenham and PSV will be watching this match. Or, well, they'll be playing at the same time. Well, actually, <laughs> they won't actually. Um, Tottenham are playing can wa- early. They can't technically, can technically watch this match. But they'll be thinking in the back of their mind, whoever wins between Inter Milan and Barcelona, they need to win twice for our season to be back on track. Yeah. Because that will help Tottenham gain their PSV, the six points.
1: Yeah. There, there's another thing with that is that a lot of people are saying, oh, this is an easy one for... Tottenham, these double, you know, it's a great time season for it to come around. They'll swat PSV aside. I don't think it'll be that easy at all. I think PSV were very unlucky against Barcelona that just, you know, Messi on a good day. Yeah, Messi just was up for it. And Inter, you know, as we said, they were ahead. If they just were a bit more solid in the back. You know they could have got a result over Inter as well so Spurs coming into this completely out of form being jammy as the word is just kind of yeah
0: they just keep grinding out results Which, from you know, not it's clear, a sign playing of a particularly well and
1: blah 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 but I, think, I also think it's a sign of a team that's not playing very well and that can eventually it's get a sign lose. of a
0: team that can just all of a sudden start losing yeah. and things start, stop going yeah. their way
1: the Laurie Sanchez effect Yeah.
0: so it'll be obviously it'll be glorious to see Mark van Bommel at Wembley Stadium oh yeah where he belongs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: the home football,
0: football, yeah. The two just are synonymous with each other. Yeah. Um. But I, 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 I still would expect Tottenham to get a result from this match. Yeah. Um. But they do, or actually, I, I'm mistaken. I thought they were. This match is on a Wembley. It isn't PSV. So, I'm actually yeah, a draw for the draw for either team will actually kind of ruin their season. That'll rule both of them out, no matter what. So, both teams need to win this match. So, you know, if you're not doing Anthony else at 6 o'clock on, uh, on Wednesday, go we watch that. You can watch
1: and see a preview of the Europa League.
0: Yeah, well, for one of those teams. And then, uh, one of the biggest matches uh, that we briefly touched on earlier in the Champions League is Manchester United against Juventus.
1: Ronaldo comes back. Ronaldo covered in scandal at the moment. And we're like, two articles about him too big to fail. And there's a lot of allegations going back and forth. And payouts and various different things that have happened to him. 2009, relating right to an incident in Las Vegas, that must be playing on his mind. It's certainly going to be playing a lot of Manchester United fans' mind who are going to make him well known of it, I'd say, in the crowd. It
0: is, yeah, it's weird because obviously Ronaldo won the Champions League in Manchester United. Like, yeah. was a was a great player there? He's returned before he's played around yeah. Madrid there. He has was, played the, was there cheered. before. So it's not like when David Beckham came back with AC Milan years yeah. and years later. Yeah. It is, you know, he has been here before, uh, not too long after he left. Yeah. So... And won. Yeah.
1: That was for Ferguson's last season. Yeah,
0: that was his last That was his last match uh, in Europe. Yeah. So, you know, it isn't a, a welcoming home type thing. It is just, yeah. oh, you know... From, like, he's left Real Madrid since then. There's a whole club in between You and Manchester United. But that's what I'm saying. Manchester United. Like,
1: Juventus would be a- absolutely favourites. Like, United are fortunate in a way that... There's a lot of circus going on around this match because of the incidents around Mourinho and because of this whole huge situation around Ronaldo, which is still unfolding. Juventus have backed him 100. percent They will start him in this match. He scored at the weekend. He scored again. You know he's getting into the rhythm of the season and he's not letting this stuff affect him. And if that happens, I cannot see anything but United getting crushed in this match.
0: Yeah, like, even though it is that Old Trafford, you, like, Juve have been incredible. They, did, they drew for the... Like, they yeah. dropped points for the first time the this United weekend. should
1: have lost the Valencia match.
0: Yeah, it was just the fact that Valencia... Cannot score. They can't score, yeah. yeah. They are too defensively based. Yeah. They don't... They lack the ideas, whereas, you know, Real Madrid... Or, not Real Madrid. Juventus have Ronaldo, yeah. who's scoring. Probably but They GDF also have yeah, Dybala. Yeah. They have Manzukic there, who knows how to score a goal. Yeah. They have... Even Pjanic is very lethal for midfield. Like, yeah. they have... Areas in which they can score. Sammy Kadira has popped up with goals for Juventus. Yeah. Like that, they are a team that scores they're goals. Much,
1: they're they are an arrived team. They're uh, they're fully formed. They're not even as much as you know. Uh, Allegri has rebuilt his sites almost every single summer, and he's done it again to a. To a degree, this year as well, when he's lost uh, Marquisio and he's lost uh, Higuain, he's rebuilt the team again.
0: Yeah, it's just the fact that he's actually improved the team as yeah, opposed to, uh, but And they brought back has, Benucci as but well. But this team
1: plays, yeah, and they brought back Benucci, but this team plays very similar to the way they played last season. They've just swapped Higuain for Ronaldo. They've upgraded almost. The ultimate upgrade. Yeah, to an well.
0: In a, in a pure footballing sense.
1: Yeah. In the, yeah so we'll see. we'll see what happens, but I'd imagine Juventus will just swat Manchester United. Yeah,
0: because not only are Juventus, not only does this team score goals, but they don't concede goals. And Manchester United need a team that concede goals to be able to
1: score. And they're big, like, as opposed most teams Manchester United played with against this season have defences that can easily be overwhelmed by the sheer physicality of United. They're the tallest team in the Champions League, tallest team in the Premier League. You saw it against Valencia. That was when they created the most problems was when they just overloaded the box with big players who would just muscle out the other defenders. They won't have that luxury against Juventus. They're big lads as well and they'll fight back as well. And
0: like the Juve players won't fear Paul Pogba like they'll know Paul Paul Pogba. They won't fear fear Lukaku Lukaku or Anthony Martial or or Sanchez. They know him
1: from a lot of these they're all when Sanchez without Udinese it was the same Juventus defenders.
0: Yeah so I fully expect Juve to be pretty comfortable here against Manchester United
1: and like there's no love lost between Allegri and Mourinho so that'll be another little subtest we might have another fracas
0: and uh, that should do us for the show today Uh, thank you for listening thank you for being here Andrew thank you for having me Declan this fracas and uh, we'll be back next week thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show spread the word the total football takeover you can also follow us on social media at the TFpod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. We can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier, that’s what we always say.